guys. How's it going? Where's Pastor Rob, you might be asking? Well, uh, he's actually um, at a church in Siloam Springs preaching this morning. Um, it's kind of a sister church of ours, and so they are both out there, and so uh, we miss them dearly. But um, I get to talk to you guys, so that's exciting. I've never done that before um, on a Sunday, so hey, hey. Um, this morning was pretty awesome for me. Um, do, do you have any, like, PKs in the house, pastor's kids? You can, you can raise your hand. Yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, I grew up pastor's kid, um, and, and my parents, they, they, they attend here in first service or whatever, but I was, I was saying, uh, as a pastor's kid, you kind of are like this living, breathing sermon illustration all the time. You never know what will be revealed to all of church on a Sunday morning about your private life at home. And so, you know, I grew up, my dad was a pastor, and I was like, oh, man, everyone knows all my business at church. And so I thought that was over once he stopped pastoring. Um, and then I went to, my dad got a job at ORU, and I was like, well, that's free if I go there, so I think I'll go there. And, and, and that was fine until, like, my sophomore year, my dad uh, started teaching a class that's required for all freshmen in the university. And so he started, like, I mean, I'm like, he just started talking about me, and, and, and I used to... I used to, like, when I was younger, I had, like, lots of warts. I know, we're getting real comfortable up here real quick. I had lots of warts, and, I mean, I prefer to share that information myself, but I was, like, walk, like running into people I didn't really know that well. They're like, oh, hey, does your dad teach that, lo- that class? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my dad. He's like, so, you're, so you had, like, lots of warts and stuff? And I was like... really? Like, you know, and and one of them, like, I had a wart, this is gross, um, but I had a wart on my, like, lip right here. That was when I was younger, but even even though that was in the past, you know, as, like, a single guy in college, I don't really want that, like, wart lip information passed around very often, you know. I keep that on the down low. So, anyway, he was in first service, and I was like, (laughs) <laughs> Rolls reversed. Now, I'm going to tell some stories about you, but I didn't. Because I want, I want to, like, withhold that power. You know, I want them to, like, not know when. And, and someone was telling me, I, someone was telling me, like, as I was saying this, he was, like, he was all laughing and jovial, but then he was, like, starting to get more stern as I start acting more and more like I was going to tattle on him. But anyway, so pretty good day so far. But um, <clears throat> so anyway, um, so we are in the second week of our Christmas series. It's kind of the first real week, though, because it's December now. Doesn't it feel more Christmas once December hits? That November Christmas stuff. I'm not about it. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, for second week, maybe first week, depending on who you ask. Um, and how many of you guys, so our, our theme is joy to the world. And how many of you guys understand that our lead pastor, Pastor Rob, 
his brain doesn't work the same way as our brains do. Have you guys figured that out yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, his ways are not ours ways, you know? And he, you know, so we were talking about this, like, okay, what's our Christmas series going to be? And we are talking about joy to the world, you know? And he's like, okay. And he, he's, like, getting the whiteboard out, brainstorming. He's like, okay, we have four weeks uh, of Christmas stuff. And he's like, so we could do, like, joy one week, the word two the next week, the word the the next week, and the word world the next week. And I was like, <clears throat> that doesn't seem like the easiest way to do it for me. Um, but then he started going, he was like, joy, that'll be easy. Uh, just, you know, joy, it's pretty standard Christian stuff. World, you know, that'll be easy. Then I have to do the, that's going to be a kind of a hard one. But then he like started like just getting on a roll and I'm not going to like spoil anything to you, but like he like basically preached to me for like a half an hour on the word the. And then since then I've heard it probably two more times in various other occasions. So he's pumped about the. So, and he's like, and then just two, um, you'll have to do two. Just preach a sermon on the word too. So, um, does anyone have any ideas or like good places to start? <clears throat> um, no, I, it, it, I, I'm excited to speak to you guys today. Um, really, I feel like you know, in a lot of ways, this word too simple may it appear. Uh, embodies like a lot of what Christmas is about, right? The Christmas story is all about the story of how God came to the world. If, uh, if you'll put that Isaiah scripture up, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us, oh, sorry, I added the unto. <laughs> I need to keep my version straight for this word. Uh, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. If you'd bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of year, this season of Advent, God. I pray that you would speak to us about who you are, how you came, why that matters, God. Lord, I pray that you would give me your words. God, I pray that you would give us hearts that are open, ears that will hear what you are saying to us. All these things I pray in your name. Amen. So Christmas, yeah, it's it's about God coming to the world, right? And 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 a lot of times we're pretty familiar with anyone need a, a briefer on Christmas or you you know the story pretty well? Okay. So we know we know what Christmas is and, and why why God came. But equally important to to why God came is 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 how. How did God come to us? You know, and 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 it's it's a interesting story if you you know sit down and, and really think about it a little bit more, you know. Uh, a story we're pretty familiar with, but you know, it, it's it's not, it, it's it's unique, you know, like Cleveland was talking about, 
there's these prophecies, and, and one of them is this thing called the virgin birth, <clears throat> which we're pretty accustomed to now, but it's, I'm telling you, it's probably sounded as audacious back then as it does now. You know, if, if, uh, if someone came up to me and they're like, Pastor Trent, I'm pregnant, and I'm like, oh, man, what, what, what's going on? Tell me about it. And they were like, God did it. I'd be like, okay, um, let's go over that one more time. You know, like, uh, it, it's, 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 it's kind of a scandalous story, and, and, and Apart from that, you know, there's there's the small town, Bethlehem, town that they weren't supposed to be in. It's, you know, like Bethlehem is like, think of like mountains, Oklahoma. It's not like, you know, a big place. Um, but but then there's the stable and 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 there's the the manger. And this story, you know, like we talk about Jesus as our king. We talk about him as, like, our ruler. This is not, like, typical ruler entrance things, you know. And, and as I was pre- preparing for this sermon, you know, I was thinking about, like, um, what, like, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to Google, um, you know, what, what other child royalty were back then, like, what their lives were like and stuff. But I kept on, like, getting distracted by... Um, the only child royalty that I'm, like, super aware of um, growing up, and that's, like, Richie Rich. Um, do you guys remember that comic book slash movie? Uh, yeah, like, Richie Rich, which to me, like, I don't know. I read a lot of the comics, and there's, like, you know, this super rich kid. He's got everything. He, he has, like, a robot and stuff. And, uh, and And to me, it always, like, appealed to me because, like, I mean, how how many of you like when you were a kid had like the JC Pat JC Penny catalog and a marker for like Christmas, like go through and circle what you want for Christmas. And I even knew like when I was five, like, okay, gotta be really strategic with these picks because if I pick everything, I'm not gonna get everything and I might not get the actual thing that I really want. So like I would just pick a few things, circle them with the marker. But in my mind, though, I was, like, living the dream. I was just, like, off, like, daydreaming, like, man, what if I had all these toys, every single one, and, like, lots of them, and and I just was, like, super rich, you know, and, and so, like, the, like, Richie Rich, I'm like, yeah, I'm on, that sounds cool, you know, and you guys remember the movie? Um, start 1996, starring Macaulay Culkin, you might know him from Home Alone, so, like, this is a Christmas circle. Like, it circles back to Christmas, trust me. Um, you know, like, the movie, like, you know, he, he's got, like, a ro- he's got his own roller coaster. He, he uh, you know, he has, like, private baseball lessons from, like, New York Yankee players, and... Um, and then there's this one contraption that I guess was supposed to be really cool. It's essential. Like I watched the trailer last night just to catch catch up on Richie Rich, you know. And there's this. It's a chair, 
attached to like a track that's probably like 20 feet long. And you sit in the chair without like any harnesses. And then the chair just shoots you like hundreds of feet through the air onto like a target, like a blow up air thing target. And like that was supposed to be really cool. But the real kicker and, and, and the best part is like, you know, there's Richie Rich and then there's all these like not rich kids that he like met on the street. They're like becoming his friends and they're like coming over. And after they've like seen all this other stuff, they like go to his bedroom and there's a McDonald's in his bedroom. And that was like the ultimate fantasy. I was like, I, I get, like as a kid, I was like, I get McDonald's like once a week, but every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's, that's living right there. Um, as an adult, you know, I realized my, my clothes would probably smell like chicken nuggets and maybe not as much as I want, but all that to say, like, the the Christmas story couldn't be any further from from that, Richie Rich, which is, if I was God, probably, like, the way I think, you know, like, I'll, I'll come in as, like, royalty, and I'll have, you know, I'm God. I can orchestrate things however I want. And, and, and but this is this is not how the Christmas story is. It couldn't be further from the truth, even though, like, it was prophesied that Jesus would be from a royal line. He would be from the line of David. He's not, like, super, he's not, like, born into, like, a castle, you know, type of thing. He's born into this, this, like, scandalous birth, virgin birth, born into born in a stable and, and placed in a manger, you know, and the word manger is just like a, a feeding trough, you know, like that, that word got an upgrade. Like it, uh, like post Jesus, people are like mangers. Those are nice places for babies. But before Jesus, that was not a good idea. Um, and so, and so why, like, why did the God of the universe like half, like, why is this the way he enters? Why is this the way he becomes human? Um, there's this 20th century theologian called, named Frederick Buchner, and he had this awesome quote that I want to read to you. The Christmas story is a kind of vast joke whereby the creator of the ends of the earth comes to us in diapers. If you really think about that, you know, like God who created everything, this is what the Christmas story is about. Him, like, baby Jesus is not like the way the medieval paintings, like, paint, you know, where he's like, hey, I'm a baby. I can probably spell really well already. Um, no, he's like a real kicking, crying, crying, pooping baby. I mean, I'm very familiar with those right now. Um, and, 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 and he goes on to say, Buechner goes on to say, until we too have taken the idea of the God-man seriously enough to be scandalized by it, we have not taken it as seriously as it demands to be taken. Until we think about the reality 
of this Christmas story that we tell all the time until we say it in such a way or think about it in such a way that makes you like kind of cringe a little bit maybe like did that really happen is that really how god came into the universe until then i'm not sure that we've we've taken it seriously enough you know and and in, in america you know i grew up in a christian home and even if you didn't grow up in a christian home like christianity is kind of the backdrop to America, and everyone's pretty familiar with the Christmas story, even if you weren't raised in a Christian home. You at least know what it is. And and, and to me, you know, part of the reason I, uh, you know, many times fail to, to take Christmas seriously is because, like, the first time I was introduced to, like, the idea of the incarnation, like God becoming man, I was probably eating, I was, like, biting the head off of a Teddy Graham in, in Sunday school, like, at that same moment, you know, and, and while this is, like, a new idea, like, it, and it sounds good and stuff, but, like, so many things, like, as a child are, are new to you, you know, like, uh, uh, like, the idea of a God-filled baby laying in a pile of hay, like, is, is a nice image and stuff, but, like, compared to, like, the heart rushing thrill of like seeing Santa Claus as a child, like the other thing kind of like that's right in front of me, you know? And and so we've kind of grown up with this idea and we've maybe kind of gotten too used to the audacity of it. You know, um, if I was to like become like, like if, if I was, if I was me, I'm me. Um, and, and there was like this this ant hill over here, and I was like, "Okay, guys, I really want to like develop a close, loving relationship with these ants. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna become an ant and live among the ants and and just see what happens and stuff." If I said that to you, you'd probably be like, "Come on, Trent, like you're a person." You be people, like, people be people, ants be ants, like, why, that that seems like, let's not get crazy, right? There's probably another way for you to, like, rescue ants or whatever it is that you want to do, Trent, you know? And so this idea, like, I mean, just like in that situation, like, that seems silly. That seems, like, outrageous. And maybe even the fact that I'm, like, comparing me becoming an aunt to God becoming a child, maybe that offends you in some way. And if it does, I think maybe you're getting it for the first time. Like if that idea makes you feel weird, maybe for the first time you're realizing the absolute craziness of the Christmas story. That the God, the creator of the universe that he would become a child, like a helpless child. Like babies, they're, they're, they're kind of helpless. You got to do a lot for them. My wife's bouncing mine in the back right now just because she's a baby, you know? And so for God to like become a baby, this seems crazy. And why? There's got to be another way. 
you know, a lot of times we think of these prophecies like that are in the Old Testament about about Jesus' birth as like, you know, some sort of like a prophet said this, like uh, the baby's going to be born in Beth- the Messiah's going to be born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, and that and that God was like, whoa, Isaiah, what are you saying? Okay, uh, let me get to work on that. Um, I'm going to make this fit somehow to fulfill these prophecies. But in reality, prophecies... When they're when they're talking about what God is going to do, the the prophets that they're being being given an insight into who God is, to who He already is and already was. Right, God is speaking to them not about God is giving them a word about who He is and how He is going to come into the world. There's this passage in Mark, um, in which. Uh, the disciples, they're kind of arguing. They, they've gotten to know Jesus. They think he's pretty cool. He's the Messiah and stuff. But they're arguing. They're like, who's going to get to sit on the right and the left side of Jesus? And they're like, wah, 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 bickering back and forth. And so this is where this is. Jesus called to them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave at all of all. Now listen to this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. You see, the reason, the reason our king's origin story, if you will, the reason he comes into the world the way he does is not because that's like a cute, it's not because he's like God loves an underdog story, Remember the Titans is his favorite movie, and he just like thinks that that would make a great story. It'll sell tons of nativity scenes. It'll be awesome. Mardell's will be rolling in it. No, he comes this way because it would be unlike him to come any other way, because who he is is a servant. He's the servant king. And there's incredible, incredible, incredible power in this idea that God came, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others. You know, the, this, is, this isn't how kingdoms of the world usually do things, right? Kingdoms of the world tend to, tend to have, you know, laws that... that you know, help behavior, they they make people do certain things. But but the kingdom of God and, and, and I would call that power over, right? That's what I'm gonna call it. Like when 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 you have you know, like for instance, okay, like just recently we got like a no texting and driving law around here and I won't make you raise your hands, but 
I've got a feeling, I mean, I know my mom was doing it, so, like, I think a lot of us were probably guilty for a while of texting while driving, n fully knowing, like, this probably isn't what I'm good, what I'm doing right now, but I'll just finish this text, and then we'll be done. And, and it took, you know... And then until finally, like, a month ago, a law comes along that's like, okay, you'll get fined for doing that bad thing you know you were doing already and that you shouldn't be doing. And we're like, fine, okay. Right? Is that what happened? That's what my mom said, at least. I'm ratting her out. I'm sorry, mom. Uh, she was like, I shouldn't do that anymore. Don't want to get a fine. You know, that, that's, how, that's, how, that's how laws work. And, and that's all, like, well and good. But... The kingdom of God operates on this whole different level of power, right? It's called, it's called power under. And, and, what this, and what this looks like is, is Christ coming to earth and him dying on a cross for others. Self-sacrificial love, servanthood. And what this does, what this, what this has the power to do is to, is to come along someone and, and, and ascribe to them worth and love. And only that has the power to change someone's motivation, right? Other, other, you know, power over can, can, can control actions, behavior. But only this power under self-sacrificial love of the cross, only that can come within and change your heart and make you not just obey God because you're scared, but obey God because you want to obey him. You want to be like him. You want to follow him. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, 23 through 25 says this, and this is one of my favorite verses. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. See, when we look at this, this Christmas story, this, you know, God becoming a baby, that seems like foolishness. Right? Is that how you would do it if you were God? That seems like you're, you have all the power in the world. You can just, like, you know, whatever. Control things. Just change them. But, but we as Christians can understand that only through servanthood, only through God becoming man and dying for us, are we able to be changed from within. Are we able to be made in his likeness? Are we able to follow him? And so, if you go back to that first verse, we preach Christ crucified. This is fundamental to our faith. When we want to talk about what God is like, who he is, Paul says he looks like Jesus on the cross. I want to extend that to our, our birth narrative. We, we, we preach Christ crucified, but we also cr preach Christ babyfied. 
right? We preach Christ diaperified. We preach Christ crying in a manger, defied. That is who he is. And though it may seem like foolishness, the foolishness of God is wiser than any human wisdom. And though there may be nothing that seems weaker than the God of creation becoming a baby boy, a helpless baby boy, that is where the true power of God lies. That is where it is represented. In that attitude of humility and servanthood, in laying one's life down for another, that is where God's power lies. And though it may seem like foolishness, it is the most powerful thing there is. Self-sacrificial love, dying for one another. And so as, as, as this Christmas season goes on, I ask that, you know, next time you see a little, little baby Jesus, that you would, you would think not about uh, how cute that is, but of how insane that is, how ridiculous that is, how that doesn't even begin to make sense, that God is wrapped up in this child. And that maybe you would reflect upon the great nature of, of the Father's gift of the Son. There is no greater gift. It's also important that we remember that as Christ followers, we declare Jesus our King that we are to follow in his example. That we are to exemplify the same foolish power, the power of the cross, the power of the baby, that we are to to lay down our lives to be servants of others. And though that may seem like a waste of time to people on the outside, we understand that this is where the true power of God lies. Amen. If you would stand with me and just bow your heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this season. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing in our lives and in our community and the people of our church, God. Lord, I pray as this Christmas season continues, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would you would awaken in us a, a special that we'd pay special attention to not just when you came or why you came, but specifically how you came. How you came to earth as a baby and why that matters, God. Lord, I pray that you would help us to re-examine our own lives. What power we are trusting in. Do we trust in the power of the kingdoms of this world? Or do we trust in the foolish-looking power of you coming as a baby, giving your life for us 
on the cross. God, help us to submit to you. Help us to make every aspect of our life point towards you. God, help us to make you king. Help us to make you reign over every area of our lives, over all our relationships, over all we come into contact with, over all the gifts we give and the gifts we get. God, I pray that you would Help us to remember that we are first and foremost citizens of your kingdom. And that we are your children. And that we follow in your footsteps, God. Lord, I pray that you just be present to us like you never have before this Christmas season. God, I pray that we would see you in the eyes of everyone we come into contact with. God, I pray that you would give us an incredible giving spirit, God, that we would give to those who are in need, in need of you and in need of provision, God. I thank you for all that you are doing, God. We praise you, worship you. All these things I pray in your name, amen. Okay. If you would like uh, prayer, there will be prayer partners.